Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Don't waste everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. Ah, how's everyone doing today? Surprisingly, the sun is out and it is shining and it's 66 degrees on October 3rd. That is crazy. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining at all. We've had some rain here last, uh couple days so uh, it's nice to see the sun peek out once in a while but that's not why I'm here <laughs> today if you follow along on the growing pains pod Instagram or the show me that smile again growing pains podcast Facebook you'll know that being it's October I've decided to do a couple Halloween growing pains or oh, growing pains Halloween themed episodes and the first one up is Season 4, Episode 1, entitled Fool for Love, which aired on October 19th, 1988. Oh, and you guys, apparently you can watch some seasons of Growing Pains now on Amazon Prime, which I have Amazon Prime, and I, I think that's awesome. So if you guys want to follow along, as long as they're still doing this come January, if you guys want to follow along with the podcast when I start Season 1 in January, go for it, definitely. In this episode, Ben works up the courage to ask a girl to a Halloween party. And guys, that girl is played by Candace Cameron Bure. She plays Jenny Foster, who is... Kirk Cameron, who plays Mike Seaver, that is Kirk Cameron's little sister. But you all know her as DJ Tanner or DJ Tanner Fuller from Fuller House. So I'm so excited for Fuller House, guys. I am so excited. I can't wait till December. So even though it looks like I'm going to be waiting a lot longer until Stranger Things Season 3, which freaking sucks so much. I just found out this weekend, and I was completely, what? Next summer? Are you kidding? Because I thought they were supposed to be airing it in February, but whatever. I'll, I'll just, I got my books, I got my podcast to tide me over till then. <laughs> so... Alright guys, let's jump right into this. This episode was directed by John Tracy, writer's Neil Marlins, who you guys know if you listen to my, looking back at my Wonder Years and Wonder Years podcast, you'll know that Neil Marlins created the Wonder Years as well. So that is a fun little, uh, 
thing that kind of links them together. Not to mention there are in Growing Pains, I believe the first season and second season, there are a couple uh, episodes with a couple Wonder Years cast members. So that'll be cool. But all right, let's get into Fool for Love for real this time. Oh, by the way, this episode has a 7.5 out of 10 rating based on 32 ratings. I don't think there's an, any trivia. Oh. Oh, there is. Okay. Kirk Cameron's sister, Candace Cameron Bure, is a star in this episode. Guest star. At a later date, Kirk Cameron was a guest star on his sister's show, Full House. That's right. He was. He played cousin Steve. Not Steve, her boyfriend, but her cousin. And I think it was, yeah, it was season one. Uh, ooh, here's an interesting piece of trivia. <laughs> I'll have to look for this. Stinky is making a reference to the Jimmy Swaggart sex scandal when he says he's a TV evangelist while carrying the blow-up doll. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Stinky Sullivan. That's Ben's friend. Not nearly as bad as Boner. Yeah. Alright, so we're jumping into the cold open. Ben is playing basketball with his friend Stinky and Jenny, who's wearing a baseball cap. And Vito, or you forgot his last name. So Ben tosses the ball off to Jenny, telling her to make a basket. She tries, but Vito follows her. And he's like, hey, or she's like, hey, you followed. And, or no, did Ben say that? Oh, Ben said foul, and then Vito's like, you're foul. And uh, Jenny calls him like a pig dog warthog. Like, okay, you can't decide on an insult. Oh, uh, Jenny's wearing one of those, I think it's almost like a calculator watch, but I can't really get a good look at it. But her buzzer goes off, and she's like, oh, gotta go to ballet class. So Jenny is a tomboy. This is, I believe, her last episode, because she would have been in an episode in, like, season three maybe two or three i we'll get there we'll get there but she's she's a tomboy <laughs> so jenny has to go off to uh ballet but she kind of high fives does this cool little handshake move with ben like hey ben great game he's like yeah that's great jenny we're still we're still champs we still won and of course jenny looks at stinky like stinky i think you might want to try croquet because stinky's short so He's not very good. But just before she leaves, she sticks her finger in Vito's face and says, Vito, next time it'll be you on your butt. But he didn't really knock you on your ass, though, Jenny. But whatever. I mean, he did kind of get the butt pusher out of the way or whatever. He fouled her so she couldn't make a basket. But isn't that kind of the whole point of someone who's trying to uh, defend the basket? Whatever. I'm not defending Vito. He's a dork. He's, no, he's a jerk. He's a sexist jerk. But I'm going to play uh, this scene, though, because this is, this is kind of cute. You know, seeing Candace Cameron, you know, when she's on growing pains. Because this is... My timer's going to go off. Hold on. So this was 1988 of October. Candace would have been in her second season of Growing Pains. Would have like just started. Yep, there's my timer. All right, my lunch is done. I'll be right back. Jenny, pass it. Into the basket. <coughs> hey, I'm open. I'm open. Give it to Jenny. Hey, foul. Now you're foul. Watching a pig dog warthog. 
like hey are you guys coming to my RSVP <laughs> are you guys coming to my Halloween party and they're like yeah we're, we're gonna come and he's like but you didn't RSVP and of course Stinky's like oh I get smacked if I do that in public like what the hell is he referring to burping farting but of course Vito also says remember you have to bring a date to this party so yeah Okay, so I looked up what RSVP means, and it says Respondes si vous plaît. Okay, well, I guess it basically you're responding to, uh, which literally means respond if you please. Gotcha. All right, why don't you say it? Why does it mean it's so fancy? So Maggie comes up, and the boys are all like, oh, hi, Mrs. Seaver. And, of course, Vito's like, yo. And Maggie just kind of... Maggie is very pregnant. She's actually the second episode in season four. She does give birth. But she is about ready to pop. And, of course, she looks at Vito and she's like, yo. And she goes inside. And then, of course, Stinky and Vito are like, ah, Mrs. Seaver's pregnant. And they're doing some weird... I don't know, a gyrating motion with their bodies, Stinky and Vito are. And Ben's like, come on, guys, it's a per perfectly natural body bodily function or something. And, and they're just gyrating. It's like, knock it off. So, of course, when I was watching this show on the Disney Channel, because, I mean, I'd seen reruns of Growing Pains... But I think it was just, like, on uh, the weekends or whatever. And, um, but I got reacquainted with Growing Pains when it aired in the fall of 1997, I believe. Yeah, it was 97. Um, on the Disney Channel. But, you know, being the Disney Channel, they have to omit things and censor things. So, you know, there are even episodes, which I'll talk about once I actually start doing the podcast in January. There are episodes, like, especially from season one, that I flat out never saw. I remember one time I was at my sister's babysitting. I was, you know, in the early days of the internet. And I was looking up an episode list of Growing Pains and season one. I'm like... What are some of these episodes? What? I've never seen this. So, yeah. It's kind of interesting. But anyway, it's like, yeah, that scene where Vito and Stinky are kind of gyrating, like, dry-humping the air, dry-humping each other, or whatever. 
And Ben's just looking at him like, all right, guys, knock it off. I don't need to see that. I know how my mom got pregnant. So I don't need to see it uh, acted out by you two. <laughs> so Maggie's in the house. She's getting something from the fridge. And Mike's sitting at the kitchen table. I think he's like eating cereal or something. And he's got his mind on the newspaper. Whether he's looking in the want ads for a job or a something. But he's really distracted. And Maggie's like, oh, is your father with a patient still? And Mike is not even looking at her. He's still just slurping his cereal, looking at the paper. He's like, uh-huh. So Maggie grabs something out of the fridge. I don't know what. Some bottle of something? At first I'm like, oh, it's a baby bottle. I'm like, well, no, she's still pregnant with Chrissy, so it's not a baby bottle. It's some form of something. And then, just because it's a slender bottle, I'm like, oh, maybe it's like lotion or something for, like, her feet or, or something. But she grabs, like, an apple or something. For, there's a bas- there's always a basket of fruit that's right by the wall next to the fridge there. Oh, Mike is looking at a magazine or something, and Maggie kind of opens the oven, and she's like, dang, I thought he'd cook dinner. And Mike's all like, uh-huh, yeah. If something were in the oven, though, wouldn't it? It, it? The oven would be on, and you would probably eventually start smelling whatever's cooking in the oven. Okay, now I'm getting kind of a clearer picture of what... Oh, it's a car magazine. It says racing on it. That's what it is. Um, She just kind of says, hey, Mike, tell your dad I'm too tired to cook dinner. I'll be upstairs taking a nap. And Mike's all like, uh-huh, 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 whatever. And she kind of turns around in the doorway, and she's like, have you heard anything of what I just said to you? So she's like, you haven't even heard a word I've said. And he's like, yeah, you basically said something about how Dad flaked on dinner, so you'll be upstairs taking a nap or something until Dad comes up and apologizes to you. She's like, oh, okay, then you did hear what I had, what I said. Which, Mike, you're out of high school at this point. You're telling me that you or... Where the hell is Carol? One of you could be doing something for dinner. You're both able-bodied human beings. Come on. I mean, if Jason's with a patient, then it should be delegated to one of the older kids. At least get something in the oven. Get something going. Fuck. Order a goddamn pizza, then. Something. Oh, I guess one of the things that uh, Stinky wanted to know what RSVP meant, Ben's like, oh, it means refreshment served at Vito's party. Well, no, but I like how the words kind of go with the abbreviation at least. But um, Maggie heads upstairs to take a nap. Ben and Stinky come in, and they're talking about costumes, what they're going to wear, and we hear Ben saying, hey, why won't your mom let you wear that costume? And... He's like, well, my mom says dressing up like garbage is wrong for a kid named Stinky. Like, Stinky's your nickname, buddy. What's your actual, like, birth-given name? We know his last name is Sullivan. So I'm going to play this clip as they're kind of trying to decide. Mike's still slurping something. I don't see a cereal. Oh. I don't see a cereal. I don't know what the hell is he doing. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to play this clip. Why don't your mom let you wear it? She thinks dressing up like garbage. 
He's like, hey, Ben, what are you going to go as? And he's like, well, my usual, which is a dead guy with a meat cleaver sticking out of his head and my eyeballs popping out of my face. And then Stinky's like, oh, I could be a big boil coming out of your back or something. Oh, that's gross. So basically, Stinky, you're going to relegate yourself to just be hanging on Ben's back the whole time with your head as a boil? That's nasty. So, of course, but Ben's like, oh, yeah, we could do that. And Mike's just looking at him like, oh, you kids are so stupid. And um, he's like, you guys, you're too old for Halloween. They're 12. They're, I think Ben's going to be 13 in the next episode. Which I, I guess you could say it's a little old. I don't know. Is there a cutoff age for Halloween trick-or-treating? But Ben grabs the uh, invitation off the fridge. He's like, it's not trick-or-treating. It's a Halloween party. And Stinky's like, yeah, it's going to be in a horse barn. A horse barn in New York. This has got to be somewhere outside the city. Because the deceivers live in a suburb. So. I like how Ben's like, there's going to be a lot of RS at VP. Like, uh, Okay. And Stinky's like, yeah, and Lansing. And Be Mike's like, Lansing? No, it says dancing. It also says you and a guest. Ben, you gotta find a date. And I don't think the girl's gonna be wanting to go with you if you have Stinky here riding piggyback as half of your costume. So, yeah, you're gonna have to think of something. So it looks like we're getting, uh, we got the intro here. We're getting, uh... Scenes from season four, season three, maybe season two. I'm not sure. Oh, that looks like from season one with Maggie and Jason kissing at the kitchen table. Oh, and I like the ending here. It says, Ben's holding a sign that says, we're back. Carol has a sign that says, finally. All right, so we come out of the intro here and we're still at the kitchen table with Mike trying to explain things to Ben and Stinky. Because Ben is now in puberty since season two. As Ben, or as Mike kind of tells him, guys, I'm getting their names mixed up. As Mike says, hey, look, I thought you liked girls, right? And Ben's all like, well, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. You know, he doesn't see Jenny as a girl. He sees her as a tomboy. And Mike's like, you got to make a decision here. This is a boy-girl party. So you can't show up to a boy-girl party without a girl. So you got to decide in two days. So I'm going to play this clip. 
Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Well, you better make up your mind within the next two days, because you sure can't go to a boy-girl party without a girl. What are you gonna do? Guess we kiss the boy goodbye. <laughs> Haven't you been listening to my brother? We have to come up with beats for this party, or just forget it. <laughs> I've got it. I could dress up like a girl and be your date. <laughs> I don't date girls named Stinky. <laughs> you don't date any girls. Where the heck are we gonna find girls? To be on the safe side, I'm gonna go home and try one of my sister's dresses. <laughs> That's crazy. You got a better idea? <laughs> Maybe it'll be cute. Look, Mike's eating like out of cereal from a cereal bowl. No, he was eating out of like a, a Dixie cup, a paper Dixie cup. Like, what? I didn't. Like, what is it? He, he's eating soup. He's eating ice cream out of a Dixie cup. But I just thought that was weird. Like, I kept looking, like, where's the cereal bowl? I don't see it. It's just a paper cup. But, Ben, excuse er, there we go again. Mike excuses himself. So Ben and Stinky are still deliberating. Like, where are we going to find girls? And Stinky comes up with an idea like, oh, I could try out one of my sister's dresses and I could be your date. Um, well, something like that is going to happen uh, on the Silver Spoons podcast coming up in season one. So, uh, but we'll get into that when we get into that episode. Because that's kind of creepy. <laughs> but anyway, um, Ben's like, no, we got to think of something. And Stinky's like, well, I'll just go try on a dress just to make sure. And he leaves. And, of course, Ben's like, hmm, maybe he'll be good, look good in a dress. Maybe he'll be cute. And then, of course, he is shocked to think, like, what the hell am I saying? That's not right. So in the living room, Jason's done with his patient. He comes out to see Mike there. He's like, hey, is your mom home yet? And, of course, Mike's like, yeah, she's taking a nap upstairs. She's pretty pissed off at you because you flaked on dinner. It's still, they, nothing has been made for dinner. And each thing he says to Mike, like, oh, is your mom upstairs? Oh, um, is she mad or... Does she know I haven't cooked dinner and this and that? And Mike's answering, uh-huh, 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 as he's still looking at, it's not a racing magazine anymore, I don't think. I think it's, like, one of those, um, small, like, car ad type things. And, of course, Jason's like, have you listened to anything I've said? It's like, he said, uh-huh, 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 to all the questions, the three questions that you've asked, they're all correct. And he's like, oh, yeah, you want to know if mom's tense about you not cooking dinner? And yes, she is. She's not happy. So Jason's like, well, here, let me go into the kitchen and see what I can whip up. Like, it's getting probably late. I wouldn't be cooking a feast. As Ben comes through the doors, Jason's going to be going into the kitchen. Ben's got an apple. Jason's like, hey, don't ruin your dinner. I'm cooking a big meal. It's like, no, it's late. Don't worry about the meal just get something quick so ben is desperate he goes to mike like hey mike i need your help trying to get a date i don't know you know this whole thing with girls and whatnot and mike just looks at ben like you know every time we have a conversation that involves girls you always end up going oh ew. 
And Ben's like, oh, well, I'm in junior high now, so I won't do that, I promise. Like, like all right i guess it's about time you give your heart and soul to a foxy female of course he's got to say the term foxy but ben is like oh gross it's like and and ben's like hey can you just please tell me how to get a date it's like ben it's hmm. and he's talking to mike who's had a gazillion dates in his life so he's like all right all right all right get a Pencil and paper, I got three words for you. Ask a girl. And Ben writes it down, looks at Mike. I was like, you get off on seeing me suffer, seriously? And ben, or Mike's like, alright, alright, alright. Um, you know what, here. Pick up the phone, call anyone. Or, no, oh, wait, no. He says, uh, think of a girl that you like. You, um, any girls that you like? And Ben's like, Tiffany. And Mike's like, okay, well, what's her last name? And Ben's like, well, I don't know. All her albums say Tiffany. It's like, all right, you got to think not nearly as broad, okay? We got to look get someone who's at least in your grade level around your age. And Mike says how the telephone is the lonely guy's best friend. And I'm like, well, first of all, you got on the telephone, that's one step removed from actually talking to someone face to face so but of course <laughs> when mike says the telephone is the lonely guy's best friend ben's like i'm not calling one of those 976 numbers and i'm like well you did call one of those sex hotlines back in season two which we'll get to when we cover that episode like oh my goodness so Mike's like, just call anybody, anybody, anybody that you can think of. And Ben calls Stinky and asks, hey, how's that dress fit? It's like, Ben, you're freaking hopeless. Then we move back to the kitchen where Jason is trying to cook some form of dinner. So Jason threw something in the oven. I don't know what it is. Maybe he whipped up a casserole and just chucked it in the oven. Like, here we go, here's dinner. And, um... Is this where he does the limbo with the broom? I think he might. Because this is, yeah, this is in the uh, season four uh, opening uh, theme song. 
Oh, no, this isn't that. Um, Maggie comes in, waltzing in, and you can see that she, uh, you know, she, you know, brisk, you know, walk when she walks right past Jason, like, I'm not in the mood to talk to you. She's like, oh, hey, hon, how you doing? And she's like, I don't want to talk to you right now. So it's like, hey, hon, I hope you kept room in your stomach for a big meal. And she looks at him. And she's like, Jason, don't make fun of me how the way I look. I'm not in the mood right now. It's like, Ugh. of course, this is towards the end of her pregnancy. Her hormones are probably still crazily out of whack. They've been through this three other times. He should know how she gets, unless she gets her hormone, unless her mood swings are all different with whatever pregnancy she she was uh, having at the time, whatever kid she was having. So I guess he asked if she had a good day, and she sits down, and she's like, no one who is eight months and two weeks pregnant has ever had a good day. I'm surprised that you're still up and, like, getting stuff done at eight months and two weeks. I mean, that's close to your due date. But all of a sudden, Maggie turns on the waterworks. She's like, honey, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm pregnant, and I don't mean to take this out on you, and I mean, so... So mean to you and everything. It's like, oh my god, yeah, the hormones are really, her moods are up and down and up and, oh my goodness. So he kind of guides her back over to the chair, like, sit down, we're going to have a nice dinner and everything like that. And she pops right out of that chair, like, dinner? Seriously? Because I guess they have some type of a Lamaze class or something bullshit like that. It's like, you're on your fourth fucking kid. If you don't know how to breathe while going into labor and shit, then you got bigger problems. Oh, she said this little mom's class. Oh, because the last kid she has was had was Ben, and that was 12 years ago, so do you, I guess they're taking it for like a refresher course. Like, do you forget everything in 12 years? Uh, I mean, she is older now, so maybe things are different, but... Oh, my. And she's all like, I'm like, you're cooking dinner when we gotta go to Lamaze, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just do your Lamaze thing. Let, the, let Mike and Carol... We have not seen Carol, by the way. Where the hell is she? She's probably been upstairs studying the whole time. Okay, I actually do want to kind of play this up and down of the mood swings, because this is just funny. It's like, she goes from one extreme to the next extreme, back to the f one extreme. It's like, Jason is just standing there when Maggie walks out of the room like, what the hell, did I just witness a tornado of emotions? Well. 
So now we move back to the living room. Ben's actually on the phone, and he says, uh, he's talking to a girl. He's like, but I've sat next to you in class my whole life. And all of a sudden, the girl, like, kind of hangs up on his ass, like, hello? Hello? Ben, you are that desperate. Why? So Ben just calls some random damn number, and some woman answers, and he's like, hey, my name's Ben Seaver, please don't hang up, do you want to go with me to Vito Paducci's Halloween party? And he's like, oh, wow, you will? Okay, my parents will pick you up on, uh, this day, and he's like, well, because I'm not old enough to drive, because I'm only 12. How old are you? 36? Whoa. Ben, what number did you dial? You just dialed some random off-the-cuff number? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to play this clip. This is funny. But I've sat behind you in class my whole life. You remember me? Great night, hello. Hello. That's a girl, some big advice. Hello, this is Ben Siever. Please don't hang up. I'm probably wasting my time by asking, but you wouldn't want to go to Vito Paducci's Halloween party with me, would you? You would? Wow. It's Friday. My parents and I will pick you up at 8. They're driving. <coughs> because I'm not old enough to. 12? How old are you? 36? Sorry, wrong number. So, who's a lucky girl? Well, three <coughs> girls aren't allowed to date. Four said their parents won't let them go because they have older sisters who dated you. <laughs> open oh my god he just goes through the phone book but mike comes in like hey ben how's it going trying to find a girl to the halloween dance and he's like so ben's got a list of the girls that flat out rejected him girls that have older sisters that have dated mike so their moms told him no you're not going out with the younger one because he's probably just like his older brother okay so here's the list three girls are not allowed to date Four girls that said their parents won't let them date be him because they have older sisters that went out with Mike. Because we know Mike dated the entire student body of Dewey High. The entire female student body. And as Ben is kind of trailing his finger down the list that he's made, Carol comes in the door. So my guess is she was probably studying at the library. So if Mike's in college... Then, because he's already graduated at the end of um, season three. So then Carol's got to be, because they're like a year apart, then Carol's got to be in her senior year of high school. Because that's season four now. And I'm just kind of thinking something. Every watch the show, we never see Carol graduate. We saw Mike graduate, but we never saw Carol graduate. So, Mike continues this conversation with Ben, like, hey, Ben, maybe you're not an on-the-phone kind of guy. Maybe you're a guy that needs, the girls need to see the desperation in your eyes. 
and see how desperate you are to actually take pity on you and date, uh, go, you know, date you and whatnot. And so Ben's just like, he can't figure this out. You know, he's, you know, Stinky and Vito and Jenny and everything like that. This is just hopeless. And Carol has to kind of pop in like, you know, I hate to interrupt, but I kind of want to here because Jenny is a girl. So she kind of like sits in between, she like sits in between Ben and Mike. Like, Mike, move your ass over. Older sister's got to talk to him and give him the best advice. Like, hey, Jenny is a girl. Let me sit you down and I'll tell you exactly what you need to do. Basically, we don't hear what she says because it moves to the next scene where Ben and Jenny are playing one-on-one basketball outside. And we get that inner monologue from Ben. He's like, she's just a girl. Just ask her. She'll say no. And then we'll go on, you know, with our lives. Maybe because Jenny's a tomboy that maybe he feels like it won't be so bad of a rejection because in his mind, Jenny's not really a girly girl. He's just, she's just a friend to him. So, I mean, that maybe the rejection will hurt less. But I'm going to play this clip. She's just a girl. It's no big deal. I'll ask her like Mike and Carol said. But kids, Ben, I was just thinking about Halloween coming up. And that- oh, yeah, you want to go down to the construction site to tip over the porter potties? Oh, that sounds great. But have uh, you heard about Beatles' cool party? Jerkface didn't invite me, and I wouldn't be caught dead there. Don't panic. Try again. See, I think he only invited guys. Then the guys are supposed to bring the girls. You mean like a date? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ew, who wants to hang out with some goony boys with sweaty palms? I'm doing it. Besides, Halloween's supposed to be fun. Tell me about it. So, you want to tip over the porta potties or what? Jenny, I gotta have a date and I don't know any real girls, so I'm asking you, you want to go or not? Never mind, the whole thing's stupid. I'm stupid. Okay. Okay, what? I can tip over toilets another time. Halloween party and of course Jenny's like the jerk face didn't invite me and Ben's like oh well I think it's just because he invited the guys to ask that way they'd ask the girls out and stuff like that and of course Jenny's like no that's not something I want to do hanging out with a sweaty guy or a guy with sweaty palms no thank you because she suggests going to a construction site and tipping over porta potties. So is that their version of cow tipping? I don't know. But it's like, uh. So basically, Ben is like, ugh. Look, I need a date. I'd really appreciate it if you go with me. And she's like, fine, fine, fine. I'll go with you. I can tip over porta potties another day. And, but I'll come to your house. Don't come to mine. I don't want anyone thinking this is an actual date. So, they resume playing basketball. And now we get a really cool shot of, um, the entryway to their, their house there. They got a couple lit up jack-o'-lanterns. And Carol's dressed like a rabbit. 
like bug well, kinda like Bugs Bunny, I guess. A little. Um, and I really like their little fest they got like corn stalks like leaning up uh, against the um the side window pane near the door and she Carol opens the door and we got a Mr. and a Mrs. T. Mr. T and Miss T because we got two little they're so cute. They got the gold chains, they got the hair. It's just adorable. And the kids like run right into the house like trick or treat. It's like um I don't think you run into the house when they open the door. You hang out on the stoop. So, of course, Carol's all like, oh, you're so adorable. Who are you supposed to be? And the boy who's got, you know, the beard and the Mr. T wig is all like, Mr. T, Mr. and Mrs. T, fool. Like, oh, you're so adorable. And she just gives him candy and sends him on their way. Okay. It was, you know, she just puts a can, a piece of candy in each, like one piece of candy, one for you, one for you. And it's fine, she could have sent them on their way, but no, she's like, oh, before you eat any of that candy, make sure your parents go and examine it through, uh, with something, because people can put stuff in your candy to try to hurt you. Like, Carol, you really, you didn't need to warn them. Most parents then would have been up to date on all of that stuff. That's probably why nowadays they do trunk or treat at, like, certain venues and churches and school parking lots so that way you're not going house to house anymore because you really too much bad shit is going on in the world right now that you can't really trust going up to someone's door and not thinking that they wouldn't be slipping something into your children's candy look no older than five or six so the parents just let the two children go up to the house unaccompanied by an adult usually when I went trick-or-treating it was with my cousins and it was usually just a group of us that went up there otherwise I'm pretty sure that we did have like my aunt my uncle was probably the one driving and my aunt would accompany accompany us up the walkway to a, a person's house. But we normally just, like, went around our... We lived out in the country, so we pretty much knew the surrounding area and the people that lived there. And we always would go end the night at my grandma's and get, like, candy and stuff like that. So, of course, she's saying, oh, there are weirdos out there that might try to hurt little kids by putting stuff at their, like, poison in their candy, or razor blades. And those kids freak out. They leave their bags behind, and they zip off, screaming, Mommy! Daddy! Ah! Well, yeah, so, uh, of course, Carol's oblivious. She shuts the door, saying, well, what'd I say? Well, what do you think you said? I think I remember this episode, and at the end of the night, she's got bags of Halloween candy because she's probably scared other kids. Now Jason's coming down the stairs putting his coat on and he's telling Maggie to kind of hurry up. It's like we have to go to the Lamaze meeting. And he's coming down the stairs and he's kind of calling back up the stairs to her. It's like, but she's coming through the door as if she came from the kitchen. 
And Maggie, of course, has to make a comment like, oh, I never move fast enough to you for you, do I? And, of course, Jason's like, oh, take your time, take your time. As he's slowly, like, trying to, like, pull his arm out of his coat. And she's like, what are you doing? Let's go, let's go. We're going to be late. Ugh. And Jason kind of calls the kids, like, kids, hey, have a great time at your Halloween party or whatever you got going on tonight. Ben, of course, is dressed like either a monk or Friar Tuck. Friar Tuck may be the Disney version of him. As he's like, oh my gosh, wait, Mom, Dad, you gotta take me and Jenny to the Halloween party and blah, blah. Like, like we're, uh, we're not going in that direction, pumpkin. Sorry. But I'm gonna play this clip because, of course, he sees Jenny on the, when she... They're just friends, of course, because she's like, well, someone open the damn door, and he's like, keep your pants on, and he opens the door. She's dressed like a a princess, and he's looking at her like, oh, my gosh, this is definitely a date, because before when J Jason and Maggie were all like, oh, you and your little friend on your date, he's like, it's just a Halloween party. So Jason's like, well, Ben, I thought Stinky's dad was going to take you guys. And, of course, Ben's like, oh, well, that was before we had dates. What, are you kidding me? Two more people? And he's like, so, sorry, not enough room in the vehicle. You got dates. Find someone else to take you. So Ben's like, well, can you guys just drop us off and uh, pick us up at 10? And Jason's like, well, Lamont doesn't get out till 11. And Ben's all like, but you got to, you got to. It's like, what, you can't just chill for, like, an hour and a half? Come on. I mean, they they might get out of the Lamaze class at 11, but that doesn't mean they're going to be able to get him at 11. So Jason kind of says, hey, why don't you just let Mike drop you off and pick you up? And Maggie, of course, makes a big deal, but, oh, it's my son's first date! Oh, I remember when he was playing basketball with his friends. It was just like yesterday, and Jason's like, um... That was just yesterday, dear. And I like Ben's comment here saying how, like, oh, she's just a girl. She's just someone I get dirty and sweaty with. That doesn't sound weird at all. 
And, like, Jenny's knocking on the door, like, will someone let me in, please? And Ben opens the door, and you hear that weird, uh, love, in love music or something, and he's like, yeah, it's definitely a date. He's thinking this in his mind. So now we get to the horse barn. It, this air, this is really, I love this setup with the pumpkins and the decorate Halloween decorations and all the food and the kids all dress in different costumes. It's just so adorable. Oh, I guess Jason and Maggie did drop them off and probably you and Michael pick them up. And of course, Jenny's got to complain as Ben saying, oh, bye, mom, dad, thank you for dropping us off. And Jenny's all like, what is wrong with your mom? I mean, she was like, oh my gosh, you two are so cute. And of course, Ben's answer to that is just, well, she's pregnant, so her hormones are all over the dang place. I take it Jenny's an only child then, and she's never experienced, unless she's got an older sibling maybe, but maybe she's never experienced a hormonal pregnant woman before. <laughs> mom, Mrs. Paducci, who actually is a secretary at Mike's school, Dewey High. Well, I mean, at this point in season four, he's already graduated. But, um, <laughs> um, she's like, she's dressed as Elvira. You know Elvira with the low-cut black dress and the big honking boobies and of course, Ben, she's like, what do you think of my costume? You guys recognize me. And <laughs> Ben's like, oh, they look great. And he's like, I mean, it looks... Yeah, you're staring at her boobs. They're, like, out there on display. <laughs> and, of course, Mrs. Paducci's all like, oh, your little date. And she pinches Jenny's cheek. And, of course, Ben says, yes, this is my date. As At the same time that Jenny's like, no, this is not a date. And, of course, when she leaves, Jenny's like, hey, why did you say it's a date when it's not? And Ben's like, because this is a date party. You had to bring a date. I don't want to get kicked out. And she's like, oh, for a second there, I thought you actually meant it like it was a date. And some kid in a devil's costume, he's not Junior from Problem Child. He's like, make out song, make out song, <laughs> make out song. <laughs> Uh, and this kid says this a lot. This is like his only line as he's like dancing around with that plastic pitch, pitchfork. And we do get Stinky Sullivan coming around with this giant sex doll. 
that's got this fake, like, it almost looks like a little female woman face mask that's, like, put onto the face of this blow-up doll. And he's like, oh, guess what I am? And, of course, Jenny's like, um, a very lonely boy? And he's like, no, I'm a TV evangelist, which is, that's that trivia from earlier about that uh, sex scandal TV evangelist dealy. So Stinky wanders off with a sex doll and <laughs> to dance, apparently. And Ben is kind of, like, loping along, like, oh, you know, we could dance. And she's, Jenny's like, uh, gross, no. And, of course, you keep getting the inner monologue from Ben, like, oh, jeez, it's hard enough with you, you continually rejecting me. But then again, Jenny does say maybe we should before someone else actually asks me to dance and drools in my ear. So now we move on to plot B, which is Jason and Maggie at this Lamaze class. This lady is a fucking quack. Oh my, even Jason sees right through this lady. And this lady, uh, one of the uh, other pregnant women there raises her hand like, is there going to be any doctors present that are going to speak? And of course, um... The coach is all like, oh, no, no, actually, if you think about it, the doctor's not even really going to be there for much of the delivery. It's going to be all up to you. Are these all first-time mothers? I really have a hard time believing they're all first-time mothers. I want to play this clip, because this is actually quite funny. As Jason pretty much is like, I beg to differ, as he raises his hand. And Maggie grabs him by his tie, choking him, saying... Honey, we're here about Lamaze. We're not here to have you get into a debate with a coach over doctors and their need to be in the delivery room and all of this and whatever. But I want to play it because this lady is a quack. You're going to hear it. And it's just funny. Welcome, Lamazers. I'm your instructor, Sonia Olson Pugh, RN, <laughs> and I'll be your tour guide on the thrilling adventure of natural childbirth. <laughs> yes. Will any doctors be speaking? <laughs> A doctor can tell you about this experience that I can't. Your doctors aren't even going to be there for most of the labor. You see, most doctors in my vast experience resent Lamaze because the more you know, the less you need them. Uh, 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 Jason, I have a question. Well, more of a statement, actually. See, I happen to be. Jason, doctors are here to study Lamaze, period. If you have any love for me at all, you will not. I repeat, not tell anyone. <laughs> So, Jason pretty much just says, oh, I'm a mechanic. Like, Maggie, come on. Let him deliberate a little bit with the Lamaze coach. She needs to be knocked down a peg or two. I would love to see him challenge her in a heated debate. So, back at the Halloween party, we got... <laughs> this is interesting. Basically, you have a couple, you know, boy and girl... 
eating from both sides of an apple, and whoever gets most of theirs eaten is the winner. So I believe it is Ben and Jenny. <laughs> and Ben's like, oh, we did great, huh? And she's like, um, I think you bit my cheek. Whoa, Ben! <laughs> Stay on your side of the apple. Okay, well, Jenny here does a complete 180 as she's like, oh my gosh, there he is by the punch bowl. And Ben's like, who? And Jenny's like, Vito Paducci. You mean the dum-dum who you're calling a warthog or a, a pig or a something or other? A pig dog warthog or whatever? And all of a sudden she's into him? Wow. Um, interesting. That really, puberty hurt her fast. Like, boom, one and done. She went from tomboy to princess in, like, the span of half a second. But I want to play this because this is, wow. This, he, she leaves poor Benny high and dry. here uh basically jenny's like hey can you find out if Vito? this is classic junior high boy girl stuff like hey find out if so-and-so likes me but only if he 
likes me telling him that I like him. And she's kind of putting Ben out to... Yeah, she, I've, I feel bad for Ben. Because, you know, even when she's um saying about how she looks and everything, and Ben's like, oh, I should have told you, you look really... And she cuts him off because she wants to know what Vito thinks. So, Ben goes over there, and, of course, Vito is dressed like Robin Hood, and he's got a plastic, you know, sword, and Ben's like, hey, you kill a monk, you go to hell, and Vito's like, hey, don't cuss with my mom around here. So, he, oh, the whole, yeah, the whole thing with um him saying that, oh, you couldn't get a real date, you brought Jenny Foster, and he's saying how, oh, she's just thinks he's all that in a bag of chips with basketball. Like, she's really not that good. She's butt ugly. And Ben's like, you're not good enough for her. And he goes back over to Jenny. And she's like, so, what'd he say? Does he like me? And Ben does not have the heart to break it to her about what Vito said. So he's like... Of course he likes you. And then, of course, Vito comes over like, hey, Jenny, you want to dance? Ben grabs him, pulls him aside like, hey, what is going on with the attitude change? All of a sudden you like her. First minute you were calling her butt ugly. And he's like, hey, I'm Italian. And watch how you talk to my man about my weight. He calls her his main squeeze. I haven't even danced with her. But they go off and now Ben's by himself. Poor Benny. Oh, Ben. So Ben goes to wallow and pity himself on a bench. Stinky comes up with a sex doll, and they're like, yeah, we're, I, she and me are going to sit out, too. And I think this is where Mike ends up kind of coming up. So now we jump back to the Lamaze class, and there's, the woman is, the coach is showing slides of a vagina that is 8 centimeters dilated and 10 centimeters dilated, and... Jason's just looking at this, you know, because he's a psychiatrist, he's also, you know, he went to med school and everything like that, and he's just amazed by the slides, and, you know, there's another expectant, you know, uh, soon-to-be father there, and he's just, oh, yeah, you're a mechanic, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Jason's just really enamored with this, just, he's like, uh, the human body just never ceases to amaze me and excite me. The heart and the lungs and the... And the expectant father's kind of, like, wiping his glasses off. He's like, oh, this is a little more than I was expecting. You don't really want to know about the inner workings of your wife's vagina, do you? Well, that's all right. But, um... And he's just kind of looking at... Because he's thinking, okay, yeah, Jason's a mechanic, yet he's talking about all this... You know, the human heart and the lungs and the bodily fun and all that stuff. And he's just like, what are you going on about, sir? You're a mechanic. Oh, and he does say about the human body being like a well-oiled machine. Okay, yeah, because you're supposedly a mechanic. And the guy's just kind of scoffing, and he sits back down with his wife like, oh, we got a real sicko here. Because Jason's talking about the reproductive reproductive system and everything. And it's like, guy, shut that's that's awesome that that Jason wants you know is just amazed by the human body. That's great. <clears throat> and sucks to be that one guy there who is dusting off his glasses because his wife is about ready to go into labor. 
Okay, I gotta check. This lady looks like she was a lady in that Elf Christmas special of season two. Let me look. Because if this is the same lady, she was pregnant and stuck in an elevator with Elf. So I want to play this clip here as this lady says, oh my gosh, I'm having a baby. And the other pregnant women are like, yeah, we're all having babies. And now the lady's like, no, I mean, I'm actually having my baby right now. And mind you, it's still dark. The only thing, the only light in this room full of people is the slide projector. Oh my god. And just the pandemonium of people start freaking out because this one lady, one woman's husband actually faints. Oh my god. Dude, you are not right to be a father then. If you're fainting at someone who's not even re really, she's supposedly going into labor and everything, but she's got her clothes all on and everything. Yeah, you faint. Yeah, you need to get over that real quick. But I want to play this because this is just crazy. The coach is all like, oh, let me go call a real, uh, an actual doctor. And Jason is like, honey, can I please, like, do my, you know, since I'm a psychiatrist and I'm, I went to med school. And she's like, yes, what are you waiting for? Do that. Of course, the pregnant woman, the woman who's in labor, her husband's like, hey, this is not a lube job. Because he, Jason's like, here, let me see how far you are dilated. And the guy ends up punching Jason. It's like, what the end? Mind you, nobody has bothered to turn a light on, so it's all still dark. Like, Maggie, you should have just let Jason say he was a doctor or psychiatrist. party mike's already there because ben's talking to someone and then it the camera like moves over and he's talking no actually the camera moves outward and you see he's having a conversation with mike i don't know what time mike got there but mike's trying to give him some sense of expertise i mean we know that mike dated the entire female student body at dewey high or at least in his graduating class so Jen's feelings. Even if she did dump on you, 
Man, what do you think I'd be if I let every girl that dumped me? I mean, uh... <laughs> Are you actually saying that girls dumped you? <laughs> Crazy? The truth? Yeah. Alright, maybe once or twice. Half a dozen times, Tom's. Really? Yeah. Anyway, see that girl over there? She likes you. Who? The nurse. She's watching you. So any minute now, she's gonna giggle and turn away. Wow! So ask her to dance. Me? Uh, no way. Um. So yeah, Ben's actually talking to Mike about what happened between Jenny and Vito. Like one minute they don't like each other, the next minute they're dancing, and I'm left by myself. And Mike is, of course, like, "Hey Ben, I'm sorry that happened to you." But girls are just, they're tricky that way and whatnot. And, of course, Mike is like, you got to get back on that horse. And Ben's like, what? What are you talking about? What horse? And he's, Mike's like, I'm sorry that you were, hey, Quinn, I'm not going to rub your belly right now. Um, But he kind of draws, well, actually, Sorry, you heard in the clip. I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting all over the place here. Mike does admit that he... <laughs> like, oh, if I let every girl that dumped me, like, sour my dating life, then I'd be... Not dating, period. I'd be done with it. And Ben, of course, is shocked to hear this. Like, oh, what? People dumped you? Wow. And Mike, of course, is like, you don't need... They're junior high kids. They're busy. They don't hear what you're saying, Mike. Of course, Mike does not want word to get around that he's been dumped a couple, once or twice. And then he finally admits, all right, half a dozen times. Well, yeah, I mean, you're Mike, Seaver, so you're not, you're all talk and no action. I mean, you're just, you're just you, Mike. You have a reputation. <laughs> That's why parents of those girls won't let their younger daughters date your younger brother. Like, isn't that what it's like, a, a repu reputation that precedes you or something, like, follows you around? So, Mike kind of points out, hey, look at that girl, the one dressed like the nurse. She's kind of checking you out. And he's like, okay, watch. She's going to turn around with her friends and giggle. After she waves at you. And of course, she does exactly that. And Ben is like, oh my gosh, Mike, you are so wise. You know everything about girls. And the girl comes over, because Mike's kind of like pointing to Ben, like kind of waving her over, um, waving her over. And Ben's like, Mike, what are you doing? And so the, the girl, it's so, this is so cute. I'm playing this clip. This is so adorable. Just the nervousness. Of the teenagers, like, oh, hi, do you, you want to dance? And she was, they're just so, she's so shy, but she's so cute. Hi. 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 This is Ben. <laughs> and you are? Molly. Ben? Would you, um, like to, to um, dance? Oh, yeah. So dance. <laughs> down, down, you fucking down. I'm back on that 
cute watching them dance together. The girl who plays Molly, this is the only thing that this girl is at. This is her only IMDb credit. Now we move back to the house, because I guess this thing with Carol could be considered, like, the C-plot, which there's not much to it. But we see her, and we have bags upon bags upon bags of candy leading from starting at the doorway, going all the way past the door to Jason's office. Carol, one time is a mistake, but the rest of it's a choice. You did not have to tell them that. Their parents more than likely would be hip to what's going on. I mean, it is 1988 at that point, and this stuff has been going on for years with parents warning their kids, don't be starting eating your Halloween candy. You know the one thing I really did not like out of the Halloween candy was, I didn't really care for the popcorn balls, but I really didn't care for those sugar daddies. Those were too, they're too sweet and too sugary. And I mean, yeah, I like sugar and sweet things too, but I mean, it's just, it's just too much, too much. I'm also not really a big fan of Whoppers either. I just, I like the Milk Duds. I know they get stuck in your teeth, but... My combination, I haven't done this in a while, is the Horrible Gummy Bears... The Reese's Pieces, the Hot Tamales, and, of course, the Milk Duds all, like, put in, like, a container and mixed together. Let me tell you, Reese's Pieces and Hot Tamales go great together. So, Carol's just kind of hanging out. Kids probably, I don't even know. It's got to be after 11, because that's what time, uh, unless they came back earlier, because someone punched Jason in the fucking face. Because Carol's like, Dad, oh my gosh, what happened to you? It's like, it got a little rough at the Lamaze man. Did that woman have her baby? What, did they call an ambulance and get her to the hospital? I wonder if it's like a false, like, not a false pregnancy, but there's like, um, I don't know. There's a word for it. Like, false labor or something. Okay, so Jason does say that it was false labor. Well, yeah. So Jason's kind of, he's pissed off. He's like, you know what? I've been called a pervert tonight. I got punched in the fucking face. People have been asking me to change their damn oil for free. Don't go back to that. I would not go back to that class after that. And Jason, by rights, could sue that man for hitting him. He didn't do anything to that guy's wife. So, Jay, uh, Maggie's kind of having one of her moments here. She's like, oh, honey, I, I can't believe that you you lied for me and everything like that. And and Jason's all like, honey, it's okay. I just, I love you and everything. And you'll get through this, you know. Your your hormones are just all over the, all over the place. And immediately, Maggie is like, she was crying one moment. She's like, oh, sure, sure, you men, you men are all the same. Of course, Carol comes over, and she kind of sits on the arm of the chair there and says, Dad, are you all right and everything? And he's like, yeah, it's just sometimes women can be irrational. Wrong thing to say to your daughter, because she's going to turn around like, yeah, thanks a lot, Dad. You didn't have to say that. I'm sorry you're hurt and everything. She's chomping on a raw carrot. Wash that thing off. That carrot looks so, like... White with, like, creases. Like, it really was just ripped out of the ground. She started gnawing on it. Normally, you would wash vegetables off. 
So that's pretty much the episode. I forget that we don't have, like, um... If it's not a cold open, like, at the beginning, like, you know how they have stuff, like, at the end, during, after the end credits and stuff? Yeah, there's nothing there. So we don't get to hear if Ben got kissed by the girl that he danced with. We don't get to hear any of that. It's just, it's over. This was a cute episode. Um... If I had to rate it out of five... Huh. I'd say, um, I'd rate it a three out of five. I mean, the Lamar stuff, meh, Carol with the thing with the, um, telling the kids about, oh, people could poison your candy and they ran off. And I mean, it's one thing, you know, you made a mistake, but to keep doing it and there's a whole crap ton of bags of Halloween candy, yeah. I'm surprised those parents aren't going to be calling you up saying, what did you say to my child? But the things that I liked about it, I liked um, Mike's advice that he gave to Ben. I like Ben meeting, you know, the cute little nurse girl and her asking him to dance. And then, of course, um... Ben in his little monk costume was adorable. So, and, you know, how he said to Jenny, like, oh, of course he liked, you know, he wanted to spare her feelings. So, um, as far as for, you know, advice from this episode is do not tell children if you're giving out candy. Oh, make sure your parents check your bags because, you know, people can, like, slip stuff in here easily. Don't tell them that. Let their parents tell them that stuff if they need to. That's if kids even go door to door anymore. They might not. It probably is advised that they don't. Um, but, yeah. This was a cute episode. I hope you like it. I look forward to the Happy Halloween Season 6 Growing Pains Part 1 and 2 episodes. That'll be fun. <clears throat> That'll be, um later this month in October. So everyone have a great weekend. Bye-bye.